You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That is Built, B-U-I-L-T, Bar. On today's show, we're going to hit on some of the biggest stories from around the SEC, including the buildup for a battle of two top 10 teams in Auburn and Georgia between the hedges. We'll also talk all things SEC with Fox Sports' Tim Brando. He will share his thoughts on Mike Leach and Mississippi State, their big win, uh, week one upset win over LSU, and hit on a couple other games with Timmy B., And lastly, some must-listen-to audio from Will Muschamp dropping an expletive in a hype video. I'll let you hear his overreaction and apology to that. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC wherever you get your podcasts. We are here five days a week. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. A lot of you like to flip it on in the car on your way to work or on the way home from work or at the gym or walking around. It's Great weather this time of year, so uh, definitely want to download the podcast, listen to it, and get yourselves ready for another week of SEC football coming your way this weekend. Let's do it. We do it every week around this time. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch. Around the conference. At Auburn, head coach Gus Malzahn speaking with the media this week ahead of his team's big trip between the hedges to take on Georgia. And Gus called Georgia, quote, probably the most talented team overall in the SEC. Now, before folks in Gainesville and Tuscaloosa get all up in arms, Georgia coach Kirby Smart responded to that quote by saying, hey, each new team you play has the best talent in the SEC. So Auburn is the most talented team in the league for us. It's called coach speak. I agree. Every coach says this about every next opponent they're playing. Oh, you know what? It's probably the best team in the SEC. I didn't hear it this week, but I bet Coach O probably said, you know, Vanderbilt's the best team in the SEC. It's your next opponent. Of course they're the best team in the SEC. And speaking of Auburn, D-lineman Big Cat Bryant, he was limited against Kentucky last weekend due to an ankle injury. He said he's feeling great after Tuesday's practice and definitely will play this weekend versus Georgia. So that's good news for Auburn. And speaking of Georgia, their grad transfer tight end Trey McKitty, who missed the Arkansas game after knee surgery, he's getting closer to being able to play. Kirby said there is a chance he could be available this Saturday versus Auburn. Certainly would be another dynamic for the Georgia passing game. Over at Florida, Kyle Pitts. Well, he's just one of five SEC players this millennium to record 170 yards and four touchdowns in a single game. The other guys to do that recently, Devontae Smith, Mike Evans, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. Notice two of those guys were on that LSU team last year. Uh, Pitts is the lone tight end nationally the last 20-plus years to put up those numbers. Going to be a little disappointing this week if Kyle Pitts has, like, I don't know, 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns. A little bit of a letdown coming off of that game last week against Ole Miss. Over at Vanderbilt, they are preparing to host LSU this weekend, and they were originally going to be playing in a mostly empty stadium with no fans. But this week, Vandy has changed their mind, and they will allow fans at their games in the month of October. The Commodores will also allow a limited number of students to attend this Saturday night's game against LSU. 
Vandy students are tested weekly for COVID-19 with very strict protocols on campus. Only problem is Vandy didn't have many people at games last year when it was open stadium. And speaking of LSU, one of their new players, offensive lineman Liam Shanahan, speaking with the media this week, and he was not interested in making excuses for LSU's loss to Mississippi State on Saturday. Shanahan told reporters, quote, it's not like we're at a disadvantage, kind of hinting at maybe the quick ramp up to the conference season. He said everyone was, quote, upset with what happened on Saturday, and it was a bit of a wake-up call for this team that not everybody can just go through the motions. I would expect a very hungry LSU team to take out their frustrations on Vanderbilt this coming weekend. And if they don't, man, LSU could spiral into a team that they never thought they would be coming off of a national championship. Over at Alabama, they will play their home opener Saturday afternoon against Texas A&M in the Crimson Tide. Well, they might feel more like they're playing a late-season game in the Mike Shula era because with only 20,000 fans in the stands, Alabama is hoping the fans could still make an impact by making noise while the A&M offense is out on the field, despite all 20,000 fans being masked up. Nick Saban said, I'm sure we will have the best atmosphere we can have relative to the number of people that will be in Bryant-Denny Stadium. So, challenge issue to the Tide fans that are going to the game, Nick Saban wants you to be loud. Over in Knoxville, the Vols, they were named a finalist for 2022 four-star running back Jordan Bryant-James. He's a unanimous four-star out of Oakland High in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He's 5'10", 200 pounds. He announced the Vols are in his top four schools, joined by Alabama, Georgia, and Florida State. Now, Jeremy Pruitt already had two commitments at running back in 2020, and he's got two more for 2021, so they are trying to load up that spot for the years to come. And lastly, CBS, they use their flex option for next weekend's SEC Game of the Week. They will await the results of this weekend's games and decide between Florida at Texas A&M or Tennessee at Georgia for their 2.30-3.30 Eastern game next weekend. Now, I don't want to give away a spoiler alert here, but A&M is probably going to get beat down by Alabama this weekend. So, as long as Georgia can hold serve, and beat Auburn at home, which is not a gimme. And the Vols take care of Mizzou, which I feel like is one. They should be, that should be your game of the week on October 10th. Tennessee at Georgia. What if Georgia loses to Auburn? AM gives Alabama a competitive fight, even if they lose, and Florida wins, they could go the route of Florida and AM. But I'm feeling Tennessee at Georgia for your midday. SEC on CBS game next Saturday. That is around the conference. Coming up next, you do not want to miss this. We're going to visit with Fox Sports' Tim Brando. We'll get his thoughts on the first few weeks of college football and the SEC. A quick minute here for our friends at Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bar ever. I know a lot of those protein bars out there you get at health stores. They look good, and once you open them, they have that gross, chalky taste, and you end up taking a couple bites and throwing them away. That is not the case with Built Bar. They have got 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones. My favorite, the cookies and cream. It is so good, you don't even realize what you're eating is actually good for you. You can grab one after a workout, or look, if you're just looking to lose or maintain your weight, try to get away from some of those fast foods, this could be a great option for you if you're looking to go down that path. Built Bars are low in calories, low in sugar, high protein, 
and high fiber. And just head to BuiltBar.com. You want to use the promo code LOCKEDON. You will get $10 off your next order. But you have to use the promo code LOCKEDON. You get $10 off and you'll be on your way to eating better, feeling better as you get ready for this SEC football season at BuiltBar.com. Run along here, Chris Gordy here with you as we head into another week of college football, week two of the SEC, although it's like week four, week five for other teams. It's it's just going to be a really crazy college football season for teams starting. Uh, we're going to have some teams in week eight when other teams are in week one, but that is the reality of the situation. One guy who's uh, been a longtime broadcaster, national sports commentator for Fox Sports, and a guy who doesn't look a day over 35, the great Tim Brando joins us now. Timmy, how are you, man? I'm good, Chris, um, and a little tip from the T from Timmy B on uh, your appearances: makeup and just for men will always <laughs> will always do you proud when you're plus sixty, as I am. I appreciate your noticing. <laughs> I, I got to ask you, Tim. I know you've been on the call for uh, uh, multiple games these past couple weeks. One, what's it been like back broadcasting games? But two, with little to no fans at some of these stadiums. Well, I will tell you, two weeks ago, I was in uh, the NFL. I was doing a game in Indianapolis at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium with the Vikings and the Colts, and I cannot imagine how you could have an outbreak given the protocols that they have in the NFL because I felt more sterilized, I think, than I've ever felt in my entire life (laughs) doing an NFL game. They ran me through a battery of tests. Uh, just to get into that, I was joking with um, Robert Smith, who did the game with me on Fox that weekend. They had a ton of regional games that week, and because of a lack of inventory for college football for Fox with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 currently not playing, now that'll change the end of um, the month, but there's some weeks where we don't have more than one game on Fox. That'll be the case this week. So I'm actually, Spencer and I are on the sidelines this weekend, We'll get back at it uh, on the 10th at uh, TCU with Kansas State after the Red River shootout. But what they decided to do with me is on some weeks when they have a lot of NFL games, they're pairing me with different guys to do uh, NFL regionals. So got to the game, and I was joking with Robert Smith, the the former Buckeye and former Viking that was working with me. I said, my God. You'd think we were about to, you know, go into NASA and take off in an <laughs> Apollo space shot. We've gone through so much; it was wild. So I, I guess the facts are, it can pop up any in, anywhere, anytime. Uh, that's just the nature of this virus. But you know, I really commend the NFL and college football and all the sports. You know, the fact that we've gotten to the end of baseball and we've got playoffs going today. Uh, hey, you just fight through. You know, you got to learn to coexist with one another during this we got to learn to accept this as the new normal uh protect ourselves as best we can but get through it find a way to play and and now you know we've only got three teams not playing college football this year and you know two months ago uh the doomsayers many of them in our media were saying this should just it would not happen it (laughs) couldn't happen there was just no way this would happen well I, i beg to differ i think uh, there is a way for us to, to, to do this. It's not ideal, and it doesn't feel normal, but it's feeling more normal. But 
that first week in Lawrence, it was surreal. You know, they had no fans there at all. Uh, the next week uh, at uh, Indy for that game, I think there were 7,500 uh, at that game. I said that I felt sterilized. I, I did. It was unique. It wasn't the same. But they had the roof open, and that kind of helped a little bit with the environment, the atmosphere. Last week in Lubbock, with 25% capacity, they had 16,600 fans, and I'd say probably 3,000 of those were Texas fans and 13,000-plus were Texas Tech. And you know how those schools feel about each other. The fans were rowdy. They could be heard. You know, bells were ringing. And it felt a little more normal to me. You know, it did. And uh, I suspect, uh, Chris, as we keep going, I think it's going to get more normal week after week. I really believe that. Well, that said, you tweeted this week, anger, angst, and bitterness from fans of college football is exactly what the doctor ordered. It does feel like with the SEC back in action now, fans are getting petty again. It's a return to normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. Texas fans were pissed at Spencer and me for being pro-Texas Tech. You know, (laughs) I love that. I mean, I love that. That's 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 the way college fans are. L- LSU um, one game removed from the winning a national championship. Tim, they're yelling at Coach O already. I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Firing. <laughs> right? Get rid of him. <laughs> you know, my God, we're we're a one hit wonder. What happened to you? That's Jesus. It, it, but that's what college football is. Uh, I, I think that, especially in an election year. Uh, with the issues that we've got going on in our country right now, the division, the polarization, we need college football because to, to get people's danders up about something other than the important stuff, the really important stuff, is good karma. It's good for us <laughs> to have these kinds of debates. And that's, that's what sports is designed to do. You know, the bigger the school, the greater the tradition, the more Twitter hate. That, that's the way it works in our business. And I got plenty of it uh, after the game, and I really was excited about it. I was happy about it because this isn't my first rodeo. I've, I've done a lot of this through the years. And, you know, pissing off Alabama fans or Michigan fans or, you know, name that school, if they feel like the announcer hates their team, then the announcer's doing his job. The later game you do, the more drunk he's apt to be. And... Ultimately, after he gets pissed at his team, he gets pissed at his coach, clearly has to get pissed at the officials, you know, you're the next in line. The announcers <laughs> are going to be right there, you know, next in line, so it's going to happen. Well, I think some of those fine bomb callers may have Tim Brando voodoo dolls or something in their uh, in their homes. Well, there's some of that. Oh, yeah, and that's well-earned over time by me, I'm sure. <laughs> I do love you. You release your, your top ten every week on social media, and, and, you know, I noticed this week, obviously, you drop LSU out. You put Mississippi State in, rightfully so. Did Saturday say more to you about where LSU is right now, losing all the guys they did, or, or and this is my thought it said more about mike leach putting the sec on notice that the air raid is here and it's coming for everybody yeah i think it shut up a lot of the cynical condescending sec elitists that i've always believed well you can't run that mamsy pamsy high school stuff in our league <laughs> you know i think that's what it did because it's not mamsy pamsy high school stuff okay <laughs> and as a matter of fact mike leach was running it with tim couch uh at kentucky uh, in, in the late 90s, okay, Leach has got to be, you know, the grandfather of what we call currently the air raid offense. And, you know, he, he brought in a, a, a grad transfer, K.J. Costello, 
really bright individual from Stanford uh, who never really got to throw it the way you know he's getting to throw it now. But he can certainly read defenses. And LSU was easy prey staying in that man coverage all day long. Bo Pelini knows that now. And I think people will begin to catch up as a as 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 it as it works out, I think what you found out was LSU became the guinea pig for Leach. Now you'll see other defenses in the SEC do better against it. And and in the Pac twelve, everyone struggled with it with the exception of Washington. Chris Peterson never lost to, to Leach. Leach only beat uh, Washington one time. It it takes time to catch up to it. It does. But Mike has also never had the same kind of athlete that he has in the SEC. You know, right. running this offense with great athletes, which I don't think he had very much of at uh, at Washington State at all. Uh, and probably a little better caliber athlete r- r- running it, you know, when he had Crabtree and those guys at Texas Tech. But Texas Tech doesn't get the same caliber athlete that Mississippi State does. I mean, they don't. So I, I think he'll be very successful with it. I'm not going to just close the door on Coach O and say LSU is toast. By any means, I I think they get well against Vanderbilt and Missouri coming up, and they'll need to do that with that matchup with Florida coming in early October, you know, because things will heat up again for the Tigers. By then, I think uh, LSU will have uh, improved on both sides of the ball. They're certainly going to need to do that because Miles Brennan is certainly not Joe Burrow. The defense is going to have to play at a higher level for them. But yeah. Uh, Mississippi State is. I, I was. I was more impressed by them than I was depressed by LSU's performance. <laughs> I. I expected LSU to struggle some here in the early going. You got a brand new defensive coordinator, brand new offensive passing coordinator, Linehan taking over for Brady to go along with sixteen new starters on both sides of the ball. <laughs> Talking with uh, Tim Brando. Any thought on the big game this weekend? Number seven, Auburn going to number four, Georgia. Obviously, Georgia's got big questions at the quarterback spot. Their defense looks good. Everything else looks good. And then Auburn kind of lackluster first half against Kentucky last week, and then they turned it on in the second half. Any thoughts on this one? I would always, early in a season, take the quarterback and the offense over the defense. And right now, Knicks is in a better position, and the Auburn offense, as a result, is over Georgia's. That's been a problem. You know, I, I, I go back to Fromm uh, at Georgia, who I thought from two years ago to last year regressed as a quarterback. Kirby Smart's built that team with great recruiting, superior defense, always has a quality running game. But, I, you know, there's some games where you've got to score a lot of points to win. Uh, and I think this is going to be one of those games. Auburn will force Georgia to score with them and I think that's a problem. I like Auburn in this game. The one and only Tim Brando with us. No game for you this week. How many rounds of golf are you going to squeeze in? Played one this morning. <laughs> going to play another one tomorrow morning. Uh, but I think I'm going to get uh, three rounds in on the next three days. Fall golf early in the week when other people are working means the golf course is wide open. My old baseball coach, whenever you see those videos and you hear that, Look at him work that ball. Jesus Christ. Now that's that's my old baseball coach <laughs> out there. Um, so we'll you know, Coach Robinson and I, he he can almost shoot his age. He's seventy six and he can really hit the ball and, and uh it's just a cool thing to be able to do and, and I'm gonna take advantage of the week. Next week after the uh, Red River shootout, Spence and I will be at uh, TCU for the Kansas State 
TCU game, and then I get another my final week off the seventeenth, and then after that, uh, it'll be all ball every Saturday. And on occasion, I guess they they may still call me out of the bullpen for a Sunday or two uh, on the NFL side of things. Well, we are certainly grateful to to have college football here. At one point, it looked like it wasn't going to happen. I'm sure you are really? as well. And happy yep. to be talking about it and happy for uh, Twitter trolls to be able to call you out and, and yell at you for your bias. So uh, <laughs> we, we appreciate the time, Tim, as always. Thanks so much. You got to just tell them, uh, spell the name right, okay? It's B-R-A-N-T-O. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one and only Tim Brando. Thanks again, Tim. Okay, bud. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tim Brando there of uh, Fox Sports, a longtime broadcaster and national sports commentator, and uh, we appreciate him joining us here on the Locked on SEC podcast. When we return, more to come. Locked on SEC rolling right along here, and before we call it a podcast i wanted to get uh, this audio in i don't know if you guys have seen what's been happening happening in south carolina but uh will muschamp was apparently was recording some video takes with his video team at uh south carolina and doing some videos to get the fans fired up i guess this you know the, the videos you would play during the game in the stands maybe utilizing them on social media and will muschamp trying to get the crowd fired up and must have Ordered a little bit of an outtake video with an expletive in it. Here's what it sounded like. It's time for Carolina football. So get the f- out of your seats. Spurs up. Obviously, we bleeped the expletive there. One more time. Here's what it sounded like. It's time for Carolina football. So get the f- out of your seats. Spurs up. I-, I don't think much wrong with it. He's just having some fun. It was an outtake. And clearly, he was not happy that it got out. So here was Will Muschamp meeting with the media and asked by a certain media member that uh, by the name of Phil Cornblut, who apparently Will Muschamp just didn't want to talk about the video at all. Here is that exchange. That brief video clip that made the rounds this past weekend. Why would I know you'd ask that, huh? It was an outtake between me and Justin King. Okay, and if I offended anybody, I apologize. All right, but it was between me and another guy. And why in the world would I know you would ask this question? Well, they said you were going to address it after the game, but I figured you weren't in the in the right mood for that. But still not in the right mood. But I appreciate you bringing it up. And again, I apologize if I offended anybody. It's between two people. It was never meant to be public. It was between two people, and somebody obviously thought they were going to be cute and put it out there so Phil Cornbruth could ask a question. Tiger Phil strikes again. My question was, do you know who put that, how it got out? No, but I, I'm looking forward to finding out. No, and my other question was. Did you put it out, Phil? Did you get a hold of it? No, sir, it was not me. <sighs> but my question was, if it's somebody inside your organization who did that, how would, you, how would you feel about that person? I probably couldn't say it in this press conference. I don't want to use that language again, Phil. Let's go on to Mike Huva. Uh, South Carolina did send out an explanation uh, later in saying that the video was leaked to uh, the media. The clip was filmed two years ago as a joke, was never intended to be made public, and the school was not sure how it was leaked. Muschamp, again, did say, I apologize to anyone who was offended. Uh, He said that his mom got on him for the language. Not the best to start for the season for Muschamp and not the best of... Uh, showing there, I guess, publicly. But look, look. the reality of the situation is 
17 and 18-year-old kids love that. They're going to eat that up. They love to see their coach fired up, dropping an expletive on a video, trying to get the fans fired up. So if anyone's offended, it may be some elderly, you know, fans of the the Gamecocks or what you know, elderly fans of the SEC who may just say it's inappropriate, but reality is when it comes to recruiting and things like that, I think that only helped Will Muschamp showing that one, he's a little bit of human, ready to have some fun and Again, I think it's a more positive side of Will Muschamp, despite their uh, loss to Tennessee Saturday night, 31-27. Maybe this helps him a little bit on the recruiting side to uh, pick up a couple of recruits that maybe he otherwise would not have related to. That is just about going to do it for this edition of the Locked on SEC podcast. You do not want to miss it tomorrow on the show. We're going to be joined by former Florida tight end, two-time national champion Tate Casey is going to join the show. We'll get his thoughts on the Florida Gators and their start to the season where Kyle Pitts is having a outstanding start to the year. And Tate Casey, I'm sure, wishes that Dan Mullen would have thrown the ball as much to the tight end in his days at Florida with Urban Meyer and Dan Mullen helping coach the offense as opposed to what Kyle Pitts did in Week 1 with Kyle Trask. But we'll talk all about it with Tate Casey tomorrow on the Locked On SEC Podcast. I want to remind you guys to subscribe If you have not done so, you can catch us five days a week right here on your home for talking all things SEC, the Locked on SEC podcast. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. 